0: This is Beyond the Couch with Bridges, a podcast at the intersection of Asian Pacific Islander, South Asian American identity and mental health. I'm Christy. I'm Sam. And I'm Diana. We are three therapists who got together in the hopes of demystifying therapy and uplifting stories from our community. Each week, we'll connect with fellow therapists,
1: experts, and community members about life, identity, and healing. We're so glad you're joining
0: us today. Hi everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Couch with Bridges Mental Health. I'm Diana and I'm joined today by Nicole Cruz. Nicole is a certified life and leadership coach and the CEO of Nicole Cruz Coaching, the first coaching company to cater specifically to the needs of the first and second generation immigrant community. Through a culturally aware and trauma-informed approach, Nicole helps folks with immigrant roots to become powerful leaders by helping them unlearn inherited generational limits, embrace their complex identities, and unleash their natural strengths. Welcome, Nicole. It is so great to have you here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here yeah I feel like we've been in contact for some time and we've talked yeah. before and this is so lovely to be able to continue the conversation today,
1: yeah I love it taking the Instagram DM chat into into yeah. A podcast
0: yeah I connected. feel like a, I feel like that's been happening a lot now that more people are on Instagram. it's like a way that we first connect with someone and actually turn them into you know deeper deeper relationships, right? yeah, yeah I love it so. My first question for you is like, I just want people to get to know you about your journey. So can you tell our listeners about your journey from corporate America to coaching and how you came into the work of coaching first and second generation immigrants or children of immigrants? Yeah, I'd love to share.
1: Uh, So yes, so I used to be in a really large corporate job. Um, I was doing social responsibility for... A health insurance company, which, and it's like the largest mm. health insurance company in the world. So, multi billion dollar company. And I did it straight out of college. And it was the job I took that was like, I'm just going to do this until I find my real job. Mm. And then I ended up staying there for 11 years.
0: <laughs> so. You were still looking for that real job. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I just got really comfortable. I was like, Ooh, benefits and, mm-hmm. you know, a paycheck and all of that. And plus it was, it was me kind of checking the box of good immigrant child. Yeah. you know, Got all the, got all the things. Um, and then in my early thirties, I had this realization of, kind of where I could see the rest of my future if I stayed where I was and it wasn't exciting. It wasn't, it didn't feel like me. Mm -hmm. And I realized that nothing was going to change unless I changed it. Yeah. So I did something very unlike me. (laughs) Uh, I'm very type A. I'm very much like, I like to know when things are happening. Um, And so I actually quit my six figure job And I rented out my house and I traveled the world with my partner for a year. That's amazing. Yeah, it was (laughs) very uncharacteristic of me. And basically that gave me the, that gave me the opportunity to really get back to who I am and what I want. And I realized in doing that, I didn't want to go back to a corporate gig. And what I actually wanted to do was to coach people and to support them on reaching their goals. And they were activities I was doing already, but I just didn't know that that was coaching. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's amazing like how many ideas you can have once you stop working full time, right? <laughs> and um, have the space and time to just be playful and be exploring and be in a different mindset.
1: Right. Completely. Yeah. I was exposed to just a different way of lifestyle and, and really I saw the trade-off I was making by staying somewhere that I didn't want to be by staying in a job. I didn't want to be in a lifestyle that I didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. And experiencing like there's other options out there.
0: Yeah. And I guess like, in staying 11 years, it also meant that it wasn't a job that you hated, right? There were a lot of upsides to the job other than, you know, benefits and stability and the money, like you were, you were, you know, challenged, you were feeling good about yourself in the job as well. And and I think part of it is just like, you know, when you're in it, right, you see what you're getting from it. And it's not until you exit that you can see what you're not
1: getting, right? So true. Yeah. Like there were definitely parts of the job I disliked, but um, the comfort and the yeah, the learning, and you know, I was managing multi million dollar pro- programs and um, all of that was really exciting. Yeah. And then once you're out of it, you realize, oh, okay, I didn't really like some of those things. And and there's other options
0: available. Yeah. And as you were, you know, taking this year off to travel, um, and and think about your next steps? Was there anything that you had to get past in order to make that change? Any sort of like block for yourself or mindset challenges? Yeah. So I used to identify
1: as a really fearful person, Mm. like very cautious, very risk averse, Mm -hmm. not adventurous. And so one of the first coaching tools that I learned for myself was how to distance myself from my fear. Because I would just let fear run the show. Mm-hmm. Like fear was making all my decisions. Yeah. I would always listen to fear. And understanding that fear was just thoughts I was having and not me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Totally changed my life. Yeah. Because then I could separate who I really am from
0: the fear that was so powerful. Yeah. That, that sounds like such a great concept. And I'm just curious, like, how did you actually put it into practice? Like, did you visualize it being far away? I feel like people need like some concrete (laughs) tools that could be helpful. (laughs) Yeah. So I learned this inner critic visualization
1: where basically you, it's a guided, kind of like a guided meditation where you meet your fear Mm, okay. And you get to see what it looks like and what it sounds like and really like create a persona or a character to it. And then I would name it. So I actually named the fear. So my fear was named little Nikki. <laughs> that's my, that's my family name. And I was, oh, yeah. it was like a really, when I saw my inner critic, it was like a younger version of me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. so then I started practicing anytime fear voice would come up anytime the inner critic would come up I would just acknowledge it by its name like hey little Nikki I see you I know you're trying to keep me safe but you don't serve a purpose for me yeah and I at there were some days I had to do that like 10 times a day because it was just so constant
0: Yeah. yeah yeah I loved hearing that. It's definitely something that we talk about in therapy as well. um, Mm -hmm. Kind of recognizing these parts of us and recognizing why they're behaving the way they are and how we can acknowledge them and reassure them. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the aspect of like doing it with compassion Mm -hmm. instead of blaming it or like rejecting
0: it. Right. Cause it's, A part of us and we don't want to reject ourselves. It's like, let's just keep criticizing the inner critic, right? right? (laughs) That'll make it better, right? That'll make it go away. Uh, Yeah. Let's just add some shame to the mix. Let's do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What would you say is a lesson that you've learned from this process of either distancing yourself from your fear or just um, from taking that time off for yourself?
1: Oh, I learned so much. Um, I would say the biggest lesson is really just uh exercising my agency
0: mm, yeah. and
1: not being at the mercy of my circumstances or my thoughts or what other people think of me or other people's expectations you know especially as a daughter of immigrants it feels like there's like a set path that you should follow and there's certain things that you do and don't do and there's a lot of expectation especially being the eldest mm-hmm. being you know, the, the first, you know, grandchild that there's certain things that I felt like I had to do. And so by going through this process of traveling, doing something completely different, allowing myself to just wake up and ask myself, well, what do I want to do today? It really helped me exercise my agency and remind
0: myself I have choice. I totally have choice. Yeah. Just being far away from some of the traditional structures of obligation, right? <laughs> Helps a lot. And um, yeah, being in a new environment. Yeah. I'm, I'm always curious. Like, I wonder if there's a, a pattern of like oldest children, <laughs> first, ch- second generation, like being late bloomers, because it's like we have to check mm-hmm. off so many boxes first before we even realize, like, what about my own boxes, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yes, I have so many clients who i who are the eldest of their mm-hmm. families.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, we need a support group for yeah. like <laughs> the eldest,
0: ch- the eldest children support group.
1: Yeah, yeah, because because it's like you're the first of the first. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're the first to, you know, challenge what's expected of you. You're the first to do something different. You're the first to kind of experience a new. Culture mm-hmm. and yeah, being the eldest, there's like extra, <laughs> extra first to that.
0: Yeah. And that's actually perfect lead into my next question. It sounds like that's one challenge that you work with people on. What else um, do people seek you out to work on? Yeah. So a lot of what I work with my clients on is
1: identifying the beliefs they've inherited from their families and just from conditioning of being you know folks of color in predominantly white culture mm-hmm. and really being able to unlearn the beliefs that don't serve them and and develop new beliefs that will support what they want to create and so really really helping them to do that with compassion also my approach is never to vilify or blame like what our parents went through and what they taught us and the tools that uh, they didn't teach us that we wish they had. Mm -hmm. It's it's never from a place of blame, but just understanding like, okay, let, let's understand where it came from. They were deep in survival mode. We, so we have a set of survival beliefs and now that we're in a position where we don't have to worry about survival so much, Those survival beliefs can actually limit us now from creating something beyond survival. And so we do a lot of belief work. And the thing I absolutely love helping my clients on is dreaming big. Mm -hmm. I get a kick out of it. I get a kick out of just challenging them to think beyond what they've been told is possible for them. And the dreams that they've come up with are incredible
0: you know, as you try to help people unlearn beliefs, I mean, I I think it's, we have similar roles, right, in therapy world and in the coaching world of like helping people understand their thoughts and their mindset and then helping them do something about it. But what have you found to be helpful in that? Because it is really hard to unlearn beliefs because it means that you're you know, in a way you're, you're having to separate yourself from, you know, the people around you in some way to come up with your own idea of what you want. Right. And that can feel really hard. Very hard. Yeah. Because as you know,
1: like these beliefs aren't just a generation old, Mm -hmm. right. They've been passed down through decades and decades that it's been in their lineage. And so some of the tools that I support my clients with are First, the awareness, right? Getting clear on what those beliefs are, how they have served them to this point, mm-hmm. and how they limit them now. And then from a place of understanding what they want to create and from that vision, yeah, what they would need to believe in order to create that. And so it's never, so the unlearning and the learning is, is always rooted in something that they want to create as a possibility for them. It's always rooted in like moving towards something instead of away mm. from from something. And so I think that helps to really just ground the work in. Okay, th- there's like a goal, and especially for a community of like Asian folks, we love to work towards a goal. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> Give so us a true. Goal, we will, <laughs> yeah, we will work towards it. Um, and so doing the belief work from a place of like, this is in service of your vision,
0: I find is really helpful. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, I'd love to find out more about the actual coaching programs if you want to talk more about it, like what the offerings are for people if they are curious. Yeah, so I offer a couple of things. One is
1: a group program, mm-hmm. uh, so I found especially with first and second gen folks, it can feel really isolating trying to do this work on your own, yeah. Because usually you're surrounded by family members who don't understand, who are not doing the work themselves, and so I have a group program called Living Bravely, and it's solely for our community of first and second gen immigrants, and together we work together on creating a brave career change, and so we get clear on that vision we develop roadmap we identify the beliefs that that would support them and then then they take action and they get support on they get coaching on like the fears and the roadblocks and everything that comes along taking different action Uh, so that's a way for folks to get community care and just feel heard and seen by others in our community And then I also do have a one-on-one program where I primarily work with leaders in organizations, people who are, you know, change makers in their own right, supporting them to show up authentically, show up as more of their full selves, because a lot of what they needed to do to get into positions of leadership was following a certain formula Mm, that no longer works for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially making the impact that they want to make, it requires embracing like their full identity yeah, and not compartmentalizing like we've been conditioned to. And so it's been really exciting to see leaders be able to
0: really make the impact that they want by embracing who they are more. Yeah. I think this work is like so important because you're right. Like as you are working in the corporate world and you don't, if you don't have a model of someone like you succeeding yeah. it feels like you do have to give up part of yourself and at some point it be- the cost becomes too great and you exit or you you don't really get to that next level because you're not you know you're not sure how to do it in a way that feels yeah. good to you right so because i i've been following more and more coaches you know helping women of color and it's just so so nice to see because I don't remember that being around when I was in corporate America myself, right? Completely. There was no talk about this. It was like a colorblind sort of uh, situation then, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I totally agree. And it feels really full circle for me to offer this kind of support to people. And it's the support I wish that I had Mm -hmm. when I was in corporate. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have exited. Maybe it would have looked differently. Um, But it feels nice to be able to support leaders to stay in positions of decision-making authority so that they can actually be representative of our community and and create programs that support diverse communities.
0: I know just hearing your story, it resonates so much with me just because I feel like we've had similar paths of being in corporate America, leaving, doing some traveling, (laughs) and trying to figure out, you know, what makes us happy and then going in a totally different direction. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love hearing stories like
1: yours. I'm like, yes, yeah. we can, we can try new things. We can live differently. Uh, we can explore and really just get clear on what we want Yeah, through exploration instead of being told what, what we should want.
0: Yeah. And that there's also like no one right way to do it, you know, especially if you are type A and you like to plan everything out, <laughs> like this process is not linear and it is not comfortable. You can't yeah. really plan like how long it will take and when you will figure it out. Right. Completely.
1: Yeah. For me, it wasn't uh, an overnight thing. I was unemployed for over two years. Mm-hmm. I travel was half of that time. Yeah. But once that
0: travel stopped, I was like, I have nothing to distract me. <laughs> yeah. Anymore. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it was similar for me too. I remember thinking like, wow, I've already, it's already been a year that I haven't been working a full-time job. Yeah, I'm having too much fun right now. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm feeling a little anxious because I haven't figured out what I'm going to do yet. So yeah. yeah, I think it was similar. I think it was about a year and a half to two before I decided I was going to apply to school and um, become a therapist. But yeah, definitely took time. And of course, now looking back, it's easy to say that, of course, it was all worth it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think these stories but- need to be told so that people who are right now listening and feeling confused, stuck, or playing it mm-hmm. safe, like, can can feel like okay there's there's another side to this right completely
1: completely yeah when you're in it it feels real messy yeah Um, and I think what helped me get through like the messy uncertain bits was just knowing I wanted to create something different and that I could believe in myself enough to give it a shot
0: well Let's say there are people who are listening today who are like very, very early on and haven't reached that point yet. Like, What would you say to them if they feel stuck right now and are confused but don't know what to do? Mm, yeah.
1: Well, first would be to just normalize it. I mean, I, a theme I've heard in my a lot of my clients is that they haven't been encouraged to figure out what they want. And so... They get to a point in their adulthood where they're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. So I just want to say that's normal if you're feeling that. Um, And to really just start allowing yourself to like play in the possibility. And there's no wrong answer. I think for a lot of us, if we make a change, we want to make sure it's the right next step. Mm -hmm but there's so many right next steps. And so kind of taking the pressure off of yourself that yeah. it needs to be the right thing, that there's a lot of options. And as long as it
0: feels good for you, there's really no wrong. Yeah. That's similar to something I tell my clients, which is, you know, treat it like an experiment, right? Let's try something See what happens. If it didn't go well, you can you can adjust, right? It's not yeah. most decisions aren't ones that are just irreversible, right? So
1: exactly, exactly. And something I tell my clients is be committed to the vision but open to the how, mm. right? Be yeah. committed to maybe even if the vision is like I just want something different, but then open to the steps to get there.
0: Yeah, I love that. It helps to take the pressure off, right? Like you're committed to making that change. How it looks is is like to be figured out, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Nicole, it was so lovely to have you on today. Please tell everybody how they can find you online and connect with you if they're interested in learning more. Yes, so fun being here.
1: If you are interested in learning more about me, you can visit my website, NicoleCruiseCoaching.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Cruz Coaching. Feel free to DM me. I would love to connect.
0: Thank you so much again for being here. And listeners, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with someone who might appreciate it as well. And even better, you can leave us a rating or a review. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Beyond the Couch. Tune in every Wednesday, rate or review us to help grow our community and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. We'd love to hear from you. So connect with us on Instagram at Bridges Mental Health.